This is the Small Church Media Podcast with Mark Hyde. Church email newsletters. You know, these are the things that are really annoying, but you know are important, but you hate doing them. So <laughs> let's just be honest. If you have a church admin assistant or maybe someone who volunteers in your church, this is probably one of the first things you gave them to do because you got tired of writing the email to the church every single week or month or however long it was. Because let's be honest, they annoy you. But here's the real question that we have to answer today is, are church email newsletters actually important? Like, should you even do them? But before we even get started, I first want to apologize. I don't know if my voice sounds any different to you guys. Maybe it just sounds weird and different to me. But I ended up being sick all last week, and I ended up getting COVID tested and strep throat tested, and everything came back negative. Fever still didn't break. Ended up having a really severe case of strep throat. And my voice and throat still have not recovered from yeah it's been awful it has not recovered from all of that so as we jump in today if i sound weird or nasally or a little deeper hey just don't worry about it we'll keep going on we'll we'll have a good time um but going back to the conversation at hand church emails email newsletters should you actually do them in today's episode we're going to look at reasons why yes you should do a church email newsletter and then reasons why no you probably should not do a church email newsletter because i like doing these pros and cons lists because here's what we can do They're not wrong to do, but are they the best use of your time to help reach your people and help, honestly, I don't know, make your people feel more welcomed and involved in the life of the church? You only have so much limited time and space and resources, and let's be honest, people in your congregation only have so much time, space, energy, and resources. So the question is, is church email newsletters, should you do them or not? I'm going to give you four reasons why. Yes, And I'm not going to tell you how many reasons why I know, but we're going to get into that in a second. So here's reasons why you should have a church email newsletter. The first reason is it makes sure people know what's actually going on at the church. You know, let's just be honest. (laughs) You could put everything in a bulletin. You could put things up on the church wall. You could literally write it on people's forehead and they can look at the mirror and they still won't read the church memo of what is actually going on. But here's the deal. People will email the church. They'll go on Facebook. They'll look around to see what's going on in the church. And if you email people, and even if they read it or not, let's just say they don't delete it, people are actually able to quickly search really fast. Okay, so what's going on at church right now? Or search various emails or whatnot, just so that people are informed. You know, you might have a lot of families in your church that are kind of like my family, where I have, well, I have seven kids. You, if, if, if you're at a Baptist church, you, you might have some families with that many kids. But my kids' ages stretch various different ministries. And I want to know what's going on in a different ministry so I can make sure my kids are at the events that they need to have going on. Sundays, don't always get every single announcement. Sometimes we're running late. Sometimes we miss what's going on. So if I get it in my email, I can be sure that I can read it and know what is going on. The second one is it actually helps people know that there actually are things going on at the church. If people never hear from you, they don't know if anything's even happening. Is there anything happening outside of Sunday? Is there anything happening outside of Wednesday? What's going on? Is there stuff happening on Fridays or Saturdays? We don't know if you don't tell us. So a really good way to tell people what's going on is just to communicate and over-communicate with them to let them know that they have things that could they can be a part of. And hey, if they're having a hard time connecting to your church community, this is a really easy way for them to step into it. So it helps people know that there are actually things <laughs> that go on at your church. 
Here's a third reason why church email newsletters are actually super great is it actually helps people sign up for events more quickly. Let's say you're doing a let's do say you're doing a hog roast, right? You're doing a hog roast for your church and you need people to sign up to volunteer to run games, maybe some bounce houses, maybe some face painting. Hey, maybe you're trying to do something really unique where you're trying to find a specific thing that somebody can bring in in order to do. Like one year we actually had a um, we had a puppy petting zoo at our VBS. Other years, we've had horseback ridings at various things. Um, we set up a really weird contraption of a mechanical bull that was on a barrel that someone had. <laughs> I mean, um, it was literally the definition of a redneck barrel thing. It was it was probably not very safe, but we totally pulled it off. But if you are looking for specific people to sign up for specific things, heck, even food, you want people to bring certain food, you can quickly reach your entire church, put a little link right there in the email where people can go to maybe just a free website that you signed up for to have people volunteer and fill in the various slots or fill out a Google form or however you want people to communicate to you. It lets people really quickly sign up for events. Because here's the deal. A lot of times for small churches. We'll say, hey, um, we're looking for signups for uh, vacation Bible school. Go out to the foyer. There's going to be a sheet of paper on a clipboard over there at the welcome desk. Just take a quick second, write down your family's name and get on your merry way. But what happens the second church is done. They look around, they shake some hands, they talk with some people, they go get their kids, their kids are running around, they're trying to get out the door, people are still talking to them. Certain people are not taking certain social hints that they're trying to leave and they still talk at them and then they're trying to go not talking from personal experience, but they're just trying to keep their family together and potentially either finish conversations and connect with people, or they're actually trying to leave and get on with their day. The last thing these people are thinking about is actually signing up for whatever you have going on. An email is a very quick and very easy way for people to actually sign up. And then when you put these in your church email newsletters, they might be able to get a higher return on people signing up for those events. And here's the fourth one. And you might actually not be able to do this based on what your church management software is or how you email people. But if you're using a program like uh, MailChimp or ConvertKit or any one of these email marketing platforms, you're actually able to see how many people actually open your email. And not just how many people, but actually who opens up your email. As a youth pastor, I did not use our church's uh, management software. We used uh, Church Community Builder, CCB. I did not use that to reach my parents because I wanted to know exactly which parents actually opened my emails and which ones did not. Because when a parent came to me and said, hey, I didn't know this event was going on. I didn't know it was going to cost this much. I can be like, yeah, you're right. You're not getting the emails. And I can see you're not getting the emails. Look, everybody else is getting the emails and everyone else is doing okay, but you're not able to do that. And it let me actually have a another conversation point to have with parents. And that way, if even if I saw if two parents did not e open the email, I can connect with that student or just with the parents and just say, hey, look, uh, do you guys know what's going on for this? Cool. I'd love to have you there. If you use a platform like that, it's really cool to be able to track who actually opens the emails and who does not open up the emails. So those are four reasons why, yes, you should have a church email newsletter. But here are actually five reasons why I don't think that like there, there are no's reasons why you should not have an email newsletter. Here's number one. People only care what's relevant to them. 
If they have teenagers, they don't care what's going on in the children's ministry. They don't care what's going on in the seniors' ministry. They just want to know what's going on for them and their teenager. Because if they're in school, they're playing sports, they're getting bombarded with emails from their teachers and their coaches already. They don't want junk email that they don't have to read through. So if if they actually want to get something specific for their teen, make it actually relevant for them. We'll talk about that in just a second. But people only care what's relevant to them. They don't want to know, sadly what's going on in the life of the entire church, but what's only relevant to them. Here's number two reason why people are just, in my opinion, why church email newsletters are not necessarily great, is that people are less likely to open an email if they don't think it's actually important. You know, a lot of churches, including ours for a little bit, would send out a weekly or monthly email with all the news and events and things that are going on. Look, here's the deal. If you send out that email every single week or you send out an email every single Monday, people are going to stop caring because eventually they're all going to say the same thing. <laughs> they're all going to, uh, for for lack of better word, have crossover between the various emails. People want to know relative and relevant information, but if it's the same email and it's really not that important, they're not really going to miss out on much because last time they opened it and there was nothing in there for them, or hey, last time they opened it and you know what? They didn't have any response they need to take from it. They're not going to open it. They're just not going to do it. Here's the third reason why people or why I think church email newsletters are not always a great idea. And the more people that ignore or delete your email before actually reading it, the less likely they are to even get those emails into people's inboxes because they will go directly to spam or junk. Gmail, Apple, Yahoo, they are all getting very, very smart in how they handle people's emails. And if you, people are constantly just deleting email after email after email from the same sender without ever actually opening up the email, the actual email client, Gmail, is notorious for this. They'll go, oh, you don't actually want this email in your inbox, so we'll put it in a different inbox for you. Or, well, you know what? You know what? We got you. We'll just throw it over into junk email. So eventually, you, the, you keep sending people emails. They don't care. They're not opening it. And now they're going into people's junk mail. So if, even if you wanted to reach them about something very, very important, not re related to an email newsletter, you couldn't even email them if you wanted to because it would go directly into spam. And that's not good. Here's the fourth reason why church email newsletters are maybe not the greatest thing. And that's if people even open your email, they're going to skim it. They're not going to read it, so, <laughs> which honestly means that um, all the information you put in there, they're not going to take it in anyway. So you just put a lot of time into it for someone to look at it for about 10 seconds. And that leads into the last and final point for the reasons why not is church email newsletters. They take a lot of time for little reward. You know, whether it's you, whether it's your admin assistant, maybe it's your wife, maybe it's your mom, maybe it's Susan, who's just a volunteer at the church. I have no clue. You can put a lot of time into an email newsletter every single week, every single month, put in every single event and date and time and sign up and event and pictures and this and that and the other. And if people aren't going to read it, what's the point of putting time into an email newsletter? Yes, there's really good returns that people see on them, and that's why churches still use church email newsletters. But in my opinion, there's so many reasons why it actually I don't want it's it's not going to hurt your church. You send out an email newsletter, I promise you, it's not going to hurt your church. It's more the fact of you have limited time 
and limited space, and people have limited time and limited mental space. So what can you do best to A, be a good steward of the time that you have, but also help encourage people to actually respond to emails that you want them to respond to? So here's three things that I think you should do instead of a, and I should have said this at the beginning, a routine church email newsletters. Here's three things you should do. Number one, we've already talked about it, but only email relevant or only email people relevant information that only applies to them. If you use a church management software such as Planning Center, Breeze, Church Community Builder, Church Windows, uh, Shepherd, I think Shepherd's still around, all these different church management softwares. Uh, Nucleus is, is a newer one that's super, super amazing, a little expensive, but super amazing. If you use a church management software, you're able to put people into groups. And if you want to contact those people, whether it be just the women's ministry, just the men's ministry, just the senior saints, just the teens or parents of teens, hey, maybe you can have a section for just visitors. That's actually something we'll talk about here in a little bit, how you can use a visitor cat category inside of your church management software to try to constantly reach these people for them to come back to specific services. You can actually send people emails for just what they need to know because they only want to know what people want to know. Um, You can use a church management software or you can even use a service like a MailChimp. Um, That's probably my favorite one. It's free for a lot of contacts and a lot of emails. You cannot create different groups though, but the workaround for MailChimp is you do different tags and you select what tag do you want to send it to. But either way, only email people relevant information that only applies to them and their family. That's it. The second thing you should do is only email people when you want them to know about something specifically. Uh, Something that I actually stopped doing as a youth pastor was routine emailing my parents because I figured out that parents really, they didn't really care (laughs) about a lot of the things that, that the emails did. You know, um, there was a while where after, at every single Monday, I would send home my teaching points. I would send home conversation questions for them with their students when they were traveling to school or sports or whatever. I was giving them updates on, hey, here's the series, here's the games, here's what I'm thinking, all these different things. And honestly, the parents were really excited about it at first. There was, there was absolute excitement around this idea. But the problem came is about three weeks in when all of a sudden parents stopped opening up the emails. And I put a lot of time and effort into trying to reach these parents to help continue to have conversations with their kids. So you know what? I killed it because I was trying to send them other emails and other update information. And I realized that using MailChimp, I could track the stats that those email rates were actually going down. But by the end, what I would do is they knew if they got an email from me, it was about something very specific, whether it was the mission strip coming up, whether it was a certain event that they needed to know about, how to sign up and how to pay and all, all these different things. But if I wanted the parents to know if they got an email from me, they needed to open it. Or if not, their student would actually be affected in terms of how they relate to our student ministry. By the end of it, I pretty much had a 100% retention rate per family that actually was involved in our student ministry. And when I say involved, I mean, they didn't just haphazardly show up every now and then or a community kid, but these were committed families to our church. Now, sometimes just the husband opened it, sometimes just the wife opened it, but very rarely did I ever have a parent tell me, hey, we didn't know what was going on, but that's because I emailed them specifically about a specific thing that I wanted them to know about. Here's the third thing you should do when you do those is when you do actually email, use bullet points or bolded headings. I know we're running here. I mean, we're, (laughs) shoot, 
we all, we well over 10 minutes. So let's just talk about this. So my wife is a school teacher. She's a second grade school teacher. And what's really funny is I also have a daughter who was also in second grade, but the school that she teaches at is big enough where they actually have two different second grade classes. So my second grade daughter is actually in the other second grade class. Well, my wife's emailing is very different from my daughter's teacher's email, or daughter's, yeah, daughter's teacher's emails. My wife, <coughs> excuse me, there's the throat. My wife is very succinct. She is very straight to the point. She doesn't have a lot of time to fluff up emails. So when she sends an email to her parents, it literally has a bold heading and about three sentences under each one. And if there's more than that, she does really quick bullet points. And I found out that parents appreciate that. Whereas for me, as a parent to my daughter with with her teacher, I get these emails that are long paragraphs, long emails, no joke, sometimes two or three emails in a day. And to be honest with you, it's exhausting reading these things because it's full of fluff. It's full of stuff that, sure, yes, I want to know what's going on in my student's life. I want to know what's going on in the classroom. But to be honest with you, I got a bunch of other kids. I got homework. I got work. I got a life. I got to take care of a house. I got all these different things I got to do. I don't have time to read these super, super long emails. So this is a tip for you, Pastor, When or if you your admin assistant does it. When you do it, be direct, be clear, use bullet points, use bold headings so people know exactly what they read. Because again, people are going to skim your emails. Just lean into it. If people are going to skim, let them be able to skim quickly and efficiently. Before I let you go, though, I want to give you some fun ideas about how you can communicate to your church people instead of an email newsletter. Now, if you decide, you know what, our church is small enough, the church email newsletter is actually doing super well, we don't want to change it. <coughs> Ooh, two for two on coughs. You know what? Power to you guys. More, more kudos to you. But I can guarantee people's emails right now are full of junk. Now, you do need to email your people. Now, you do need to reach out to your email list and, and the people that, that you need to be in touch with. But there's some creative ways, and we talked about what you should do instead, which are really, really cool. But I want to give you four different ways that do not revolve around email to help people know what's going on in the life of your church and potentially also boost the engagement of those events when you go out. The first one is a little archaic, and a little old when I say, hey, we're going to step into the 21st century. And that's actually mail out calendars for your church or church events to replace the emails about those events. This is super something, uh, super something. Is that even a phrase? I don't even know. But this is something that I actually did every single quarter was every quarter for the student ministry specifically, I would email out a calendar to our parents. And most youth groups actually do this. Um, so our church had the thought of, Hey, why don't we do this across the board? And I could never convince them to actually mail them because let's be honest, when you're mailing to what, let's just say a small church probably has what, 10, 15, 20 families, sometimes maybe more like 50 families. If you're, you're a bigger church, 50 families, that's 25 bucks for every time you got to mail something to them. But here's the deal. If you can spend 25 bucks to save you time and have more people know what's going on in your church, that's an investment that is worthy actually to have. You know, some churches still have the old like um, mailboxes that are in the foyer. That's cool if your church still does that. But if you actually create a really quick list and not just a quick bullet point list, you got to make it look a little good too. Or else people are going to be like, I don't want this on my on my refrigerator at all. Nope. Um, another bonus, this is bonus, if you actually create custom clips for the people's calendars to go in, that's pretty hot too. Or actually, fun fact, my old church used to do that. But if you mail out calendars for your church events and people can put it actually on their fridge, 
the chance of them remembering that events are going on when they're playing their family calendars actually potentially goes up, that people will show up more to those events and help plan those into their family calendar. Here's number two, is have a calendar page on the website. And a lot of churches do this, but the problem is, is so many times when I go to a church website, I'll go to their calendar page, and it's like, I don't know, June, July, I still see Christmas, I still see Easter, I still see things from, I don't even know, three years ago, sometimes four years ago. Your If you have a calendar page on your church's website where you have all the actual events listed on the website, they got to be up to date. So what I actually recommend is if you want to go that route, cool. It takes a lot of time to keep it up, keep it rolling. But the easiest way is just have a Google Calendar for your church where people can actually click on the calendar tab and it just loads a Google Calendar right there where you put it into one place or your church management software might have an embed embed feature for the calendar inside of the church management software. You can just put that on the website. Um, What our church actually does is we kind of do a combo of both. So when you go to our calendar page on the church website, it actually has a actual physical monthly calendar that you can flip through, change it into a list rather than the monthly view. But below that, we actually type out every single event that's coming down the pike for the church so people can read it and they can also see it. But have a calendar page on your website because if people want to know what events are going on, they're not going to call the church. They might not text the person. They want to go see if they can find the answer without looking like a fool before they do it. So have a place on the church website that you can have people go to. And that might even save people from calling your church as well. If you just constantly tell people, just go to the church website, there's a calendar page right there. Here's idea number three, is take advantage of Sunday school groups or connect groups to get information out. Rather than seeing your church as one big group, if you start viewing your church more as as a microcell and a bunch of microcells together, where if you can get each small group to individually take part in an event, the chance of them actually attending that event absolutely skyrocket. And if you want to get the information to those small groups, you know, a lot of times they trust the small group leader, the connect group leader, the Sunday school teacher. If you take calendars to the small group, Sunday school teachers or connect group teachers or whatever, and use them to pass out the information and talk about what is actually going on in the church in their Sunday school group, people might actually a know more of what's going on, but then also have a way to be like, let's connect together while also connecting with the church. And you might see your, your attendance increase just a little bit more on events as well. Last idea, number four, this is one that you got to take some serious attention to because if you create one, get a bunch of people in there and it flops, people are going to not be very receptive if you ever try to do this again. And that's create a Facebook group where you can have announcements, but also prayer requests and other things where you can connect with people and tell people that more events are coming down the pike. But what you can do to actually have response inside of those Facebook groups is whenever you do have an event, post pictures of that event inside that Facebook group. You know, the really cool thing about Facebook groups is it's not public. It's private. Only people who have access to it can actually see it. And if you want to encourage your church congregation and kind of build a little community around it, see if you have a lot of people or enough people on Facebook where you can create a group. You can talk about upcoming events. Here's some announcements that are coming down the pipe. Now, again, don't do long lists, but just very pertinent, relative, relevant ones. But then also post pictures of events after they are all said and done and create this Facebook group that isn't so much just another megaphone for you to basically have announcements from the pulpit round two, but a place where people can actually feel a little loved, little accepted, a little connected, even online when they're not inside of your church. So here's the question. Should your church have a, I, sh- I would even say consistent routine email newsletter? And my answer honestly is no. <laughs> I, I, I don't think you guys should. Now, if you do, 
Good for you guys. But again, it takes a lot of time and the ROI is super, super low. So if you don't have a lot of time, Pastor, to actually put the time into doing an email newsletter, my question is, can you use your time a little bit better, a little bit more efficient to still reach people in a way that is just makes it still feel real, makes it feel relevant. Uh, I use, I'm using the word relevant and relative a lot recently, but actually make people feel like you care about them and that what's going on in the church world is relevant to their lives. Email people that they want to know, you know, is this for me and my family? Actually email them when you want them to specifically actually be reached and you know, honor their time when they're reading their email and you might see your email rates actually going up. Well, you know what? This is the end of this episode. It went super, super long. Hopefully, I didn't sound like I was underneath water the whole time. I sure felt like it. I even had to cut a few coughs out in there because I was hurting there towards the end. But I love hanging out with you guys every single week. If you're looking for the video on YouTube, I apologize. No video today. My voice sounds eh, not so good and my face looks even worse today. But we're still here. It's Tuesday. We're hanging out. We're having a good time. But until next week, I hope you guys have a good one. We'll see you at the next installment of the Small Church Media Podcast. See you guys later.